Good morning, guys. Welcome to Emmett Audio. <clears throat> so, uh, last night I gave the first of what's going to be a series of talks and, and spoon carving demonstrations that I'm going to be doing over the, uh, the course of the next. Well, I've got some lined up as far as six months away from now. So, um, about once a month I'm going to be doing some event or other where I give a talk. Sometimes it's conferences, sometimes it's just small talks at local libraries. And I kicked it off with um, a talk at my own local library in the town I grew up in, West Hampton, Massachusetts. And it's a you know town of 2,000 people. So, uh, But about oh, there were 15 people there by the end. Um, and I was to give an hour and a half talk and demonstration. And I thought I would talk a little bit about what I've learned about speaking publicly. Um, both doing long form like that and, and sh really short remarks as well. Um, and I think it's probably worth dividing them up between those two categories because, excuse me, um, cause they require really different things. First of all, if you can be standing somewhere where you can see a clock, that's really helpful. Uh, if you, uh, can't see a clock, then... Um, having some sort of sense of time is helpful in some way. I'm not sure how you do, you know, have a wristwatch or, you know, a phone that you put down on a lectern in front of you. Or just practice and get a sense of how long it takes you to say your bit. So, I think the most important thing when it comes to speaking is to do it without notes. And the way I do it without notes is by not trying to memorize set phrases, but instead just talking. I have no problem talking. Right here I am, I'm talking. I don't have anything planned or prepared. I've just thought about it. So that's actually, let's take a step back. One of the best things you can do to prepare for public speaking is to practice. And practice in the form of either a podcast or, uh, or videos that you shoot for social media. Those are all excellent ways to get good at articulating the thoughts that you have. And that way, when it comes time to give a talk about what you do, you're not trying to make stuff up on the spot or remember exact words. You're simply saying what you already know and what you've said a handful of different ways um, over time. And so I'm never trying to remember what it is I was supposed to say next. I don't plan things out too far in advance. There's a couple small differences when it comes to speaking uh, for short periods of time that I'll get to later. But for long periods of time, I think the most important thing is just to be prepared to talk and flow where, where your talking takes you. And so I like to know where I'm going to start or how I'm going to start. And I most often start by uh, telling a story. Either it's the st and, and usually uh, the story has to do with us taking over our farm or starting spoon carving or, you know, but people relate to a story. So if you start with a story, people buy in in a way that if you don't start with a story, then it's, it's harder to get that from them. You can go from a particular story to a broad idea much more gracefully than you can go from a broad idea to a particular story. 
Now, I think it's important to think about who your audience is and what angle you can bring to the table that will resonate with them. So um, sometimes that talk has much more to do with running a business. Sometimes the talk should be much more to do with what it's like to take over a family farm. Sometimes the talk should be what are the specifics of how I run my uh, how I run my farm and how coppicing works. Sometimes it's about craft. Sometimes it's about, I don't know, any, any number of angles. And I'll get back to this idea when I talk about the short remarks towards the end of this. Um, for long talks, I like to not have visuals. Uh, I tried something last night which worked really great, I think, which was that I passed out my book and said, you know, look, I just want to pass these out so that you guys can flip through and look at pictures as I'm talking about my farm. And then there were a bunch of books circulating through and people could look at pictures and get a sense of what I was talking about by seeing the photos. And that way I didn't, I wasn't distracted by clicking through photos and trying to remember what I was supposed to say attached to each photo. And I didn't have to mess around with a projector. But I come into the room having spent some time you know, driving to the place, uh, just thinking quietly about how do I want to begin? What are some things that would be nice to touch upon? And what's the angle I want to bring to this talk? And then I just talk. And last night, I, about halfway through, I switched from talking about my tree farm and the story of that to shifting to talking about the spoon carving business. And while I talked about that, I carved a spoon. And that actually was really great because it brought the energy level up, right? People sit for half an hour and sort of ready for a little more novelty than just you standing there talking. And so to be able to start doing something that people could watch, even as I was talking about it, people said that that was really cool, that they were, <laughs> they were impressed by my ability to do both and that it was, it was uh, very interesting to see that happen and to hear me talk about it at the same time. Um, so if there's some way that you can bring the energy level up towards the end of a bigger talk by actually doing a thing, that's, uh, I mean, call it a stunt, call it whatever you want, but that's a great trick to have up your sleeve. Now let's talk about short talks, because I was, earlier this summer, I was asked to be part of a panel um, just presenting our farm, our book, um, to a group of local supporters of a local agriculture nonprofit. Um, and we each had eight minutes to give our remarks. And for this one, I practiced. And I'm really glad I practiced because all of the practice was really good at getting out of my system all the stuff I shouldn't say. Because when you only have eight minutes, you need to be really clear about what you want to say. And it needs to only be one, maybe two things. And so it needs more important than ever to be really clear about what the angle is that you want to bring to the table. And I decided after practicing maybe five times, I would go on a walk with the dogs and I just, for some reason I found it helpful to record myself, not that I ever listened to them, but, um, and I would just record myself giving what I thought was a talk and that way I could see how long it took me. First of all, it took me a while to realize that I didn't have time to talk about everything I thought I wanted to talk about. And that one or two things was just about eight minutes. And, and it also helped me realize the places, excuse me, where things were really bogging down.
And it helped me think about, well, who's my audience? These are people who have donated large amounts of money to this nonprofit, which means that they are super into supporting local agriculture. My story, at least one angle you could tell my story, is an unorthodox way of continuing local agriculture, which is taking over an existing farm, one that's not even your own farm, and how important that is as a model going forward. And so I talked about that, and I was able to weave in a couple stories, like I talked about earlier, and 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 end with really earnest, some really earnest, heartfelt remarks about uh, how important the transition of agriculture from one generation to the next, by whatever means, uh, how important that is to our community, to our environment, and to the skills of agriculture in general. And that went over great. But notice that it was really different. The preparation and the uh, the actual doing of it than the longer talk. With the longer talk, um, it was it was more about knowing where to start and then flowing. And I definitely took questions in the longer talks from people as I went along. If they had questions, that really helped me bring in stuff that I was forgetting. And even now, today, I'm remembering things that I kind of wished I'd talked about in the talk. But that's okay. I'll do it another time. And the most important thing is that the people at the talk feel inspired and like they appreciated being there. It doesn't so much matter that you communicate everything you have to communicate. And with the small talk, I can't stress enough how important it was to practice not so that I could lock in what I was going to say, because ultimately what I said was nothing that I had actually practiced. Once I figured out what I didn't want to do, I then deliberately refrained from practicing what I did want to do. I realized that now that I knew what I wanted to say, I wanted it to sound fresh and from the heart. But practicing a bunch of times so that I knew what wasn't working was absolutely crucial to getting to that place. And if I had just walked up on that stage and given the talk without the practice, it would have been a fraction of the talk that it ended up being. Um, So that's it. Two different scenarios, two different strategies for speaking publicly. Um, This is what works for me. Obviously, other things work for other people, but I prefer talks where people are engaged and not just reading words off a PowerPoint Um, and where you don't know what they're going to say and where you feel like they're talking with you and not just reciting something that they've already decided they were going to say. Thanks for listening, guys. I appreciate it. Talk to you tomorrow.